Join us as we unpack emerging trends and changes in digital transformation with the executives, entrepreneurs, and investors responsible for shaping the future of their industries. In these interviews, you can expect to hear candid conversations about the future of technology and the role it plays at some of the largest organizations in the world. Our hosts are members of the Kunai team, an agency that has been building software products for over 20 years. Today, your host will be Farun Basin. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining the podcast. FinTech is eating the world with uh, Kanai. Tharun Basin here, the CEO of Kanai. And I'm here with Nan Seiler, Head of Payment Operations at Phoenix. Hi, Nan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Thank you for joining us. Nan has a distinguished career, most recently taking Cabbage through acquisition with American Express, joining Amex for a little bit, and then jumping to Phoenix, where they have a leading platform for the new, you know, future wave of embedded finance. And Nan, I thought you could start off by telling our listeners about yourself and how how you came to be the head of payment operations at Phoenix. Sure. I have been in payments for a few decades, and uh, so I may take a second or two to, to, to catch you all up. A long time ago, I was controller for a 100-year-old landline telephone company. That's the old phones we all used to have, if you think back. Then I moved to a sister company called Powertel, where I did an ERP implementation, much like Oracle, uh, at that company. The system gave our really large company an integrated solution that tied all of the back office functions together. And after we announced that the company was being sold, it eventually became T-Mobile. I moved from the technology role back to an operations role and worked with our treasurer to close out the deal. So in that role, I learned all about wire payments. So next, I moved to Pre-Solutions, which was acquired by Incom. At Pre-Solutions, we worked with small businesses to enable prepaid transactions for mobile and long distance, expanding into prepaid gift cards. This was all about high volume transaction processing and getting the details right. I learned the importance of transaction level reconciliation and ACH compliance. And I also had my first opportunity to work under money transmission licenses. From there, I moved to Official Payments, another licensed money transmitter, which was acquired by ACI Worldwide. I ran financial operations, which managed the daily transaction level reconciliations, monthly billing, and treasury functions. While at Opay, I learned card brand rules, money transmission license compliance, and spent some time doing product strategy. I started with Cabbage in 2016, and my focus shifted back to supporting small businesses. My role started as financial ops, same old daily transaction reconciliation processes with an added focus on money movement. You know, when a business takes a loan, they need their money in the fastest way possible. It was my job to make sure we had numerous choices for compliant money movement. When Cabbage decided to add a new line of business, we chose to become a payfac. And I led the effort to stand up and launch the PayFAC, which included choosing Phoenix to help us get to market quickly. Finally, we come to Phoenix. During Phoenix's Series B fundraising, as a customer, I was frequently contacted by investors. I helped them understand the competitive landscape, the Phoenix customers, and Phoenix itself. If I'm a platform using Phoenix, which is what I was at Cabbage, Phoenix is the plumbing and electrical that gets the job done. Phoenix has the necessary connections to the endpoints I need, like a processor. I think of Phoenix in terms of construction. I'm super grateful I was able to pick out where every single outlet 
and the faucets go in my house. My contractor can attest to my outlet obsession. This is the electrical and plumbing that Phoenix provides. The best part for me of the renovation was picking the paint, the granite, the tile, and the flooring. As a SaaS platform, those are the features I get to add so that my own customers love my software. The pipes at Phoenix are what make it possible for any company to become a payments company, leaving their dev team to create amazing new features. I, I love that aspect of uh, embedded finance and where fintech is going and this alignment of incentives. And, you know, I, like, I really like the remodeling the house corollary. And I agree, the best part is the granite paint and cabinets. And that's also where Kanai comes in, right, is building that customer experience, abstracting away from all the hard work that folks like Phoenix and yourself are doing. And when you were talking about your background, there's a few things that stood out. So keywords here, but money transmission licenses, daily transaction level reconciliation, card brain rules. I'm not sure if I heard that one correctly, but card brain rules, money movement compliance, pay fat. These are like the nitty gritty where the rubber meets the pavement kind of operations focuses. But can you just dive a little bit into what are payment ops for our listeners and why are they so difficult to do well? Is there compliance and regulatory regimes that make it difficult? Is it the actual technology? Is it the old legacy systems? We'd love to hear your take on on why that is such a, a difficult part of the, the payment system. So the answer to what you just asked is yes. And I'm going to explain. So to get the most out of your payments, you've got to have a payments operations team. I'm going to step back and tell you a little bit about what a payment facilitator is. It's a company that's been approved by a processor and an acquiring bank to underwrite their submerchants. These are the entities for whom they will enable payment acceptance. So this means that PayFAC is the one who signs up to bear the risk for onboarding those submerchants. The processor and card brand associations, that would be Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover, they push down a number of compliance mandates to the PayFAC. So payment operations is the back office team that makes sure everything happens as it should. This includes a number of functions, right? So underwriting and onboarding the submerchants in accordance with the policies and procedures that were approved by the processor. This can include what I call alphabet soup of compliance, like KYC, KYB, OFAC screens, TIN, and DDA validations. We all know these as know your business, know your customer ensure businesses and their owners are not on sanctions lists, verifying the tax identification in the bank account, but all of those come as compliance mandates. These things have to happen for every single submergent boarded, and some activities like OFAC screens have to be repeated on a regular cadence. There are also daily transaction level reconciliations. I've brought this up a number of times. This is something I've had to manage throughout my career. This is necessary to identify and mitigate exceptions. So if you do a reconciliation at the highest level and you could have two things that went wrong in different directions, you might not find them. You have to reconcile every single transaction to make sure that the money gets where it needs to go. So that's that's an important part of payment ops. You also have to monitor the transactions processed. You're looking for errors potential fraud or money laundering. These things are all required by the card brands and the processors. And finally, you have to educate the submerge. You have to help them understand all of these rules that they have to abide by. You have to help them understand 
what's in my deposit? How do I look at the data? Help me understand what's happening. And you help them grow with their platform. So a lot of what we do is hard. And you said in your in your question, is it technology? Is it the compliance? And the answer is it's all of these things. So payment apps teams are typically hampered by a lack of access to data and the antiquated systems of the processors. Did you know there are still processors who expect you to fax paperwork to fight a dispute or chargeback? I don't know anyone who has a fax machine. I don't know anyone. In fact, earlier this year, I had to look for one and I had to find a way to do it online. But it's something that that just doesn't make sense in today's world. So as a payfac, there are lots of rules to follow. We talked about the card brands. Each one has their own rules. Visa issues a set of rules. MasterCard does. Amex Discover. They all have rules. So the team has to have a general understanding of the rules and how to stay compliant with those rules, plus understand the company policies and procedures. And finally, there's a need for really strong attention to detail and a sense of urgency. You're dealing with people's money. It's important to get it right in a timely fashion. I'm just getting the mental image of somebody just carrying a stack of papers a mile tall. And that's kind of what it feels like. You know, in your career, you've been working with these systems for the last couple of decades, at the minimum to longer. How have the systems and solutions changed over the last you know, number of years? And have we seen major progress or had the platform just gotten better and more and more focused on solving all the needs like Phoenix does for their customers? So I think technology has changed really significantly. So I ran a technical support team in the late 90s. And at the time, I knew enough Unix to tip over a box, and I had enough SQL skills to cover for my team when I was the one on call. Technology has changed so much over the years. Today, I stay in my lane, and I play a purely functional role. I leave the technology to the experts. So I think the two biggest things that have changed, the first is the languages that we use to run the technology. No one uses Fortran or COBOL anymore. New languages are so much more flexible. Writing a program in COBOL took days and you got minimal output. Today, a dev team can write huge functions in just a few hours and get you all kinds of information. And I think the second thing, technology used to be available only for large enterprise clients. So this type of technology is now available for small businesses. We used to launch those huge ERP projects that took years to implement and millions and millions of dollars. Today, there are platforms that small businesses can take advantage of. They provide the same type of technology to run their businesses at a fraction of the time and cost. I love that last point you brought up, which was the big companies always have been on the forefront, but now small businesses are able to tap into that same thing in a cost-effective model. And it's kind of what we've seen with, you know, the launch of cloud and AWS. Now anybody can become a startup in the same way anybody can become a fintech or become a payfac on top of Phoenix in that way. And you led Cabbage's Ops, helping the merger with American Express. And this comes back to the same question, but do you believe that big banks such as Amex can learn from what smaller companies like Cabbage, what Phoenix have leveraged and what they've done with their operations? I believe that large companies can definitely learn from leaner startups. 
However, I'm just not sure they can execute at the speed required to keep up. Yep, we feel the same way. And I think, you know, the big companies are always having, they have organizational constraints, they have planning constraints, and these things aren't new, nor are they necessarily issues. It's the, you know, the size they are. Mr. Bezos figured this out with the two pizza box kind of teams, the way that he's organized Amazon. Um, but for the rest of us out there, it's, it's a very tough uh, hill to climb. With the fintech space in the Q1 and Q2 of 2021, venture capital funding has never been higher for fintech. It's exploded out of the pandemic. More and more companies are coming to market. The space is increasingly, increasingly crowded. How does and where does Phoenix come in and position itself relative to an increasing competitor set? Phoenix's mission is to create the most accessible financial services ecosystem in history, starting with payments. To do that, we serve software companies of all sizes, from small startups to publicly traded companies. Our focus is on platforms or vertically focused SaaS companies. I've had a love affair with small businesses my whole career, and the platforms that we're serving are making it super easy for them to run a business. There are platforms today that make it easy to schedule people and equipment. There are platforms that help manage inventory and recipes for restaurants and bakeries. There are platforms that help most small businesses focus on their business and not the back office. The main thing these platforms have in common is the need to help get the small business paid. So enabling payment acceptance inside the platform removes friction and helps the small business get paid quickly. We believe platforms are the future for small businesses. So to answer where we fit, this might sound weird, but we talk about payments in terms of food a lot. Specifically this year, we talk about it in terms of pizza. We've all eaten a lot of pizza over the past year and a half. So we talk about it as pizza as a service. We actually just posted a blog on this on our website, so you can all go check that out. But there are four ways you can eat pizza. You can dine out, think California Pizza Kitchen, Pizza Hut. You can get it delivered, Domino's, Papa John's. By the way, this is this method is not universally available. I cannot get pizza delivered where I live. Same. You can buy it at a store and cook it yourself. DiGiorno makes great frozen pizzas. Or you can make it all from scratch. So those are the four ways you can get to pizza. The difference between those options is how much are you doing yourself versus how much you're letting a vendor do for you. It's the same in payments. There are four different approaches to getting payments. And they vary in terms of the work taken on by the platform versus the payment provider. Think features, risk, and scope. So the first model is the ISO model, also known as the referral model. And this is very traditional. There's no chargeback risk. It's an easy gateway integration, way less revenue, and you don't own the user experience. The second approach, you can outsource to an existing payback. This gives you more control than the referral model. There are white-labeled processing and payouts options. However, control is restricted by the underlying payback. You don't actually own the merchant relationship, but you are responsible for the chargebacks. The third choice is to become a payfac with an enablement partner or middleware partner. This enables a seamless experience where the software platform owns the merchant contract and the merchant experience while leveraging a technology partner like Phoenix to serve as the middleware between them and the processor. There's definitely more upfront work like getting approved by the processor, registering with the networks as a payment facilitator, 
just like in the outsourcing model, you still own dispute liability. And finally, you can become a payback with custom in-house solutions. This means building the entire payment stack from scratch. The good news is it's completely custom. You can do it exactly how you want. The problem with this approach is that it takes a ton of resources up front. Connecting directly to one processor usually takes several systems. So once that's done, you then have to continue to spend your dev resources maintaining that connection. And all of this deviates your dev resources from building features. And now they're building the plumbing and electrical, and they're not doing the pretty fun features that make your customers love the software. At Phoenix, we focus on the second and third options. We're assisting with outsourcing to an existing Payfax and being the enablement software partner for Payfax. We're seeing companies move from the referral model and the custom solution to Phoenix, and we see companies move between all the solutions over time. So the good news is at Phoenix, we're lowering the barrier to entry to most of those controlled payment experiences. Hey there. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Kunai Podcast. Kunai Concepts designs and develops unique customer experiences that unite digital products with fintech for the world's top companies. We partner with our clients from start to finish to ensure that their product development efforts are always high velocity and customer aligned. This is why Fortune 500 companies, all four payment networks, five of the 10 top banks, and startups trust Kunai. And now, back to the episode. And I do want to go and talk about pizza for a second after this, but do you see this as a graduation path as well? So moving up this model and are there certain gates involved as well that help our our listeners think about when do you move from one to the other? Yes, there are some, some gates you can consider when you think about this and there are some challenges. So, so we think about enabling companies to work with an existing payback, if they're already connecting into us to do that, then when they want to migrate to become their own payback, there's a lot less expense in moving in migration. And so when we think about taking those small businesses who are using a platform and, and leveraging their service, it's a whole lot easier to launch them on one system and never have to migrate them. So the less migration you have to do, the better. So that's a great path. Now, we usually see people interested in becoming a Payfax with about $50 million in payment volume, but that bar can slide depending on the vertical and depending on the company. And then on pizza. So what's your favorite pizza spot? My favorite pizza spot? It's got to be my kitchen because I can't get delivery. And with COVID, I don't go out to eat anymore. So I'm the DiGiorno girl. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. With my with my roots back in New York City, I'll always love my New York pizza. But even out in California, I found some great spots here, so I've always been happy. But I'm a pizzatarian for sure. So I'm glad. I'm glad Phoenix is like pizza. <laughs> I think you know, in terms of where you've sat, your history, really in the, I think in the more technical, challenging aspects of payments and regulation and compliance, knowing that firsthand. And seeing where things are going, where do you think fintech is going in the next five years? So here are three things I think that are most interesting to me. First, like I said earlier, platforms are the future for small businesses. They enable the small business to have that 
back office experience of a large ERP system without all the pain and expense associated with those implementations. Number two, businesses need to meet consumers where they are. So omnichannel commerce is going to continue to grow. This includes buy online, pick up in store, enabling buy now, pay later options, letting consumers move freely between online, mobile, and in-store activity. And finally, contextual commerce, where entire transactions from obtaining a service to paying for it all happen inside of a text messaging. I've used this method with the guy who cuts down trees in my yard and it works fantastically. Very cool. And you actually brought up buy now, pay later. And I find, if you don't mind, just diving into that real quick. But buy now, pay later, one of the things I've recently read is that because it cuts out the actual networks like Visa, MasterCard, Amex, there's an opportunity for a lot richer data transmission between the merchant and the buy now, pay later entity. And so getting into SKU level data and enriching the transactions and things of that nature. One thing I've been thinking about more holistically is that credit cards were never a digital product. They were taken from a physical and move to digital. They're also a de- generational product. Now, buy now, pay later is with the new risk models, with open banking that's allowed this to flourish. They feel like more of a digital first model. Love to hear your thoughts on buy now, pay later. Is it truly a game changer? What's your thoughts for like this new way of interaction? So I think it's generational. One of the aspects of buy now, pay later is generational. You know, there's a there's a lot of statistical information out there that says, Millennials don't like credit. They don't like to borrow. They don't like to use credit. And buy now, pay later feels less like running up a balance on your credit card. And so I think it works for the the millennial folks, I think is a great solution. And I also think its growth has been spurred by the pandemic. I think we've all been a little nervous about where money is going to come from. Everybody's kind of wondering if they're going to be able to keep their job, if their company's going to be able to grow. So getting different options to finance purchases over time has allowed people to actually continue to enrich their homes. We're now spending all of our time here. So everybody wants to to buy new appliances and, and, and do things like that. So it's almost like, you know, putting something on layaway, which is what we did 20, 30 years ago. To your point, it's the digital version of layaway is what I like to think of it as, except that you get to take the item home now instead of picking it up at the end of the of the payment. And I definitely think there's a lot of room to grow here. And I think the data that can be shared around it is what helps make it easy to predict the risk. Yeah. And I know the the Fed is also getting a little bit nervous increasingly with the shadow lending economy and things like that, that isn't necessarily on their balance sheets. And as it grows, still small relative to the scale of other things, but something that they're starting to focus on as well. Awesome. Well, thank you for the time. That was extremely educational. And I really appreciated us diving into the payment ops space, hearing about your background and talking about pizza. Phoenix is a wonderful platform and we'd love to have you on the podcast again in the future. So thank you. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed myself. 